1: I'm going to let it play for a minute because I think this is the most appropriate song because coming off the playoffs, and um, we know the what fan Brian Munson is. I think he needs a little love. Let's bring in our guy, Brian Munson, Huskerline.com. Brian, happy Wednesday.
0: Were you playing taps, or what were you no, playing? I didn't hear the, it. The power of love. <laughs> the power of love. <laughs> oh. I got my Huey Lewis intro? Yeah. Oh, man, I missed that again. Yeah, uh,
1: it felt like it was appropriate. I could, have, I could have used that. Yeah, it's the power of love. Brian Munson needed some love. I know it wasn't the way the playoffs for Buffalo, you wanted it to go. <laughs> well, I,
0: I was telling you guys, I was feeling something <clears throat> armor, so to speak, you know, going back. <laughs> well, uh,
2: Brian, you're kind of you're kind of breaking up. We're, we're having some trouble hearing you. Uh
0: oh, uh oh. Let me call you guys right oh, back. there
1: you are, right there. Don't move.
0: Okay, <laughs> don't move. I'm not going to move. I will tell you. I will tell you. I I, I think I was feeling like this wasn't an, an invincible team, like what some people were feeling, like after they lost to Miami. I, I I just thought there were some things fundamentally wrong about this team, and I thought injuries impacted them very very early on. And Oliver getting hurt week mm. one. Other injuries throughout the year, Von Miller, etc. Um, just, it, it, it. They need to get tougher up front, and they have got plenty of weapons. They they can they can do several things, but they that that line of scrimmage was the the difference, I think, on Sunday afternoon with Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, it was unfortunate uh, to see. Are you now? Um, I know that this is always the fun time for NFL teams that are no longer in it and they're starting to uh, see coaches and this and that, and they're like, oh, my gosh, can we not have that guy back? I know you haven't been on the Ken Dorsey camp for a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he's the guy. I don't think he's the guy for Josh. I don't think he's the guy for Buffalo. I've been reading – Similar comments from other people that are, you know, a little bit closely, more closely affiliated with Buffalo. Even like some folks that would consider to be like media folks up in Buffalo, that also question the, you know, basically uh, the the relationship that's there, whether they're in, whether they're aligned or not. And you know, I go back to I go back to third and thirteen calls and winging it Mm -hmm. for fifty five yards. Just. Things that don't make any any sense at all, even if you're in four down territory, you know go get go get six, go get eight, you know or whatever um but don't don't put yourself in a in a bad situation where it's fifty fifty at best and then still have thirteen yards to go conquer you know if that if that pass goes for fifty five yards you know it's it's less than a ten percent odds you know kind of thing, depending on whoever's down the field but i just I just never felt like. That offense was like geared towards Josh, and then it turned out like at the end that the, the secret weapon was Josh's feet. And, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "Yeah, this is this is not good. There's nothing else here to kind of like unveil." I mean, they they unveiled Jamar Chase in the backfield. Yep. Buffalo had nothing to unveil. When it, when you come to the playoffs, you have got to have a new wrinkle. You got to be able to put something else out there for those teams that they say, "Well, we've watched all 17, 18 games they played so far. Therefore, we're we're ready to roll." But you need to have a new
1: wrinkle, and Buffalo had no re- no new wrinkles. Uh, yeah, uh, we got Brian Monson, Huskerline dot com. You know what? I'm a, this is like funny segue, I think, but uh, things that probably don't make sense to a lot of people right now, and it's the combination of you have Coach Rule, you have a really really young wide receivers coach, but yet you see Demetrius Bell, you see Jamar, uh, Jeremiah Charles, you added Casanata back last week, Xavier Betts. Man, there's something's brewing with that uh, that whole position group right now.
0: Lots of new faces, and I'm gonna, you know, I put in I put in my three and out this morning. You know, I, I think it's we we've we have eclipsed the 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 previous mark of new additions to the team right mm-hmm. under Scott Frost. I think it was 36 before, and I think you're at 40 ish now. Ooh. Um, so I think that people, you know, need to kind of understand that number one, eighty-five is a is a hard stop number. NCAA rule says you must get here. Nebraska will get there, but they don't need to get there until August because mm-hmm. the number of players exiting is greater than the number of players that are being added for the spring. So you don't eclipse eighty-five until the fall semester or fall camp is supposed to start. So that's 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 the number one thing. So I, I just I think that that room is the one that's set up the most. I mean, based on what you just said, what is it? Seven new guys into yeah. the into the room itself. Yep. I think that that room is set up right now to have a significant amount of turnover following the spring. And and I mean that's just that's like Captain Obvious, right? Yeah. It's just you you can't add that many players into a room, and really, what they lose, Palmer. Yeah. Is that the only player that was lost in the year before? I, so I
1: think so. I mean, and I think they have like twenty five ish receivers right now.
0: Look, there's there, there's some other common you know common sense kind of things too. The, the, the span of control is going to be something that these coaches are going to have to look at. There's there's ways to build rosters. You know, like I was mentioning in three and out, like it's very like in line with the professional fifty three man roster where you got an eighty five scholarship. You know. There's a little bit more play there because of the extra extra 30-some-odd spots. But in reality, it's everybody across the board nationally is going to have the roster fairly similar when it comes to numbers at positions in which they're carrying. It's just going to matter on what kind of defense you're running, what kind of offense you're running, et cetera. So I, I, think, that, I, I think that what's going to have to happen, they're going to take a long, hard look, but they're going to get a chance to do this great eval during the spring and look at everybody and then... I think it's just going to kind of play itself out. Where a lot of those guys are going to see there is a future. There isn't a future. There's another portal day in May and I think that when that opens up, opens up, I don't I'm not going to be surprised at all if the majority of those players jumping in there are from the wide receiver spot mm-hmm. cuz it just that room mm-hmm. right now is is it's overloaded.
2: We're we're talking to Brian Munson. So Brian, I got a two-part question. The first part is we know there's a limit on scholarship players. Is there a limit for just how many bodies you're allowed to have on your roster? Not anymore. Well, okay.
0: Look, let's let's back, let's back up. So there used to be two numbers that were hard and fast from the NCAA. The first one was the 85. The second one was you could only add a max number of 25 players per year. Yep. And that 25 number is no longer around. Uh, it, it has to do a lot with the 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 subtractions. Or the debits, I guess, that, that basically come along with you know the the, tra- the transfer portal, because there would be a way that there could be a, potentially a way that a school could lose more than they gain and be less than eighty five. That would be unfair to that coaching staff and unfair to that university. So they have they have done away with the twenty five. However, when it comes to like floating the number of players that are on your roster, like I said, you're you're not going to eclipse the number that you. Of 85 this spring, that's that's just simply not going to happen based on outbound versus inbound. It's just that that numbers that number's safe. Okay, but the 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 overall roster number will be comprised of 85 players. There there will be more than 85 players on the roster based on walk-ons. Right. Uh, and I think a thing that you can kind of look forward to that we haven't really discussed a lot that I think. Maybe maybe is going to start seeing a role. Um, will be the players that are just simply at Nebraska, not part of the 85, but are being compensated via NIL. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, um,
0: that that's that's simply going to be something that is going to start coming up. I, when I talked to Jake Roberts, who was the portal transfer uh, tight end from UMT, he's originally from Norman, Oklahoma, and the Sooners definitely had an interest in talking to him, but they did not have a spot in their 85 scholarship spots to give him one but they said there would be an nil solution and you know it's it's interesting because i think people with the quarterback being released from his letter of intent from florida and the promises and anything that gets signed those contracts are those contracts are built on sand and they're built on the clouds there's there's really nothing that's connecting them to earth and any type of you know, realistic things that 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 you know need to happen necessarily. I, I, it's it's a little bit of snake oil, if you ask me. And I'll be very interested to see how that kind of kind of gets changed. But I, I do feel like you will find some guys that will show up at places and not be part of the eighty five and be part of a walk on because they are getting some nil treatment.
2: Yes, I mean you answered my second question. That's exactly what I was getting at. Is I was just wondering if nil would act as a scholarship to a lot of players, and that could be a big thing.
0: It can. I mean because Nebraska. I mean, if you think about from the players last year, uh, the stories that I was being told was, you know, it's not just cash. It's lodging. It's paying rent for an apartment. It's it's a vehicle. You know, it's a leased vehicle that you're you're allowed to go ahead and drive. If you know if if we if if you have a child that goes to college and you're getting free rent, buddy. I'm telling you, that is that is a load off, mm-hmm. and and if you're doing any type of then uh, appearances on the side, you know those things are paying four figures in a lot of different cases just to show up and mm-hmm. you know and sign something. And a lot of times it's like you go out the door with another gift. Maybe it's like a a sport jacket or you know some other kind of mm-hmm. gear or whatever. But they're they're getting taken care of in various different ways. It's just not always straight up cash.
1: Hey Brian, talk about this. You played the the game. I mean, obviously there's going to be the spring stuff and people are going to know that they're not in position that they thought they're going to be from that side. I think real talk here, how hard is this winter conditioning going to be? Because I think there's a weed out process during the conditioning process, mm-hmm. right? Like you did it. Like you you know people like Coach Rule coming in going, All right, or Evan Cooper, like, all right, we're gonna find out. Who wants to play football or who wants to be a football player at Nebraska? So
0: are you asking me if I ever saw anybody give up during the winter conditioning time because winter conditioning sucked? (laughs) (laughs) I also
1: don't want to hear like we heard last year from people. Oh, they're throwing up in the trash cans. I mean, it's not that. It's
0: just like sometimes this, you know, Mm. this is just not for you. No, and this is... um I've said this before to my to my sons who both play or played the game. Um, there's something to be said about uh, defining or understanding how much you love a sport based on the off season. And football off seasons suck. Um, <clears throat> it's hard work. There the the between the the weightlifting or the winter conditioning program. Or spring practices and how you balance that that school schedule and how you balance you know your social life you know around it, the springtime and the wintertime are honestly honestly in comparison to the, the, the two the two seasons or the two semesters that I had to do it, the spring was the worst because you're you're up and you're up and practicing in the mornings before you even have to go to school. If you get hurt, it's even worse because you got to go get treatment and you're and you're basically being reviewed every single day as to whether or not you can go or not and you're on somebody's bad list and not available list um yeah there's a lot there's a lot that happens in the winter but with conditioning and weightlifting and stuff like that that keeps those guys busy and and that schedule alone is going to crack a few and i think the difference is obviously from Duval to to this staff and and how they're going to be doing things I think it'll crack a few more, but I I think that, you know, you you, you obviously run the risk of of RABDO and and, and other things that can happen potentially from working guys too hard too quickly and you got to ramp up process and whatever. I'm sure they'll be safe with it all, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a challenging winter-spring because it's a culture difference between the previous staff, staff and the current staff.
1: That, by the way, the culture difference. I want to go down that because I think what you're seeing from Nebraska in the staff, especially within the, um, I mean, they're literally, I think, trying to put a fence up around the state right now with what they're doing. Yeah. Visiting every high school, uh, putting the you know the block in up. Um, that's important. I think. It, it, what else is amazing me that they're doing that and how the impression that's going to leave and but that it took so long to for a guy that had never really been to Nebraska to actually do it.
0: I'm with you. I mean, I've been joking around about Coach Foley and the amount of uh, window time he's gotten between high schools, particularly like when he's you know west of Seward. You know, like you're you're you've got a ways to drive before you see the next one, as opposed to working Lincoln or working Omaha um, or any of the guys that are going to Philly or Dallas or you know Miami for that matter, and can just go. Across the street, essentially, and get to the next high school because of the the, the population density. So, I, I think it's I think it's a great thing because I'm I'm certain if you reached out to a couple of those high schools and you asked when the last time was that a Nebraska coach was there, it it, it may be years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you have to have a relationship developed ahead of having a guy and you have and it, because because then it, it teeters on what you want uh as opposed to you know really or what you need as opposed to like what you or what you want versus what you need and mm-hmm. you need to have a strong relationship with those area schools because you you don't look Carter Nelson popped up in Ainsworth Nebraska mm-hmm. and and that is a rarity and and we have seen you know time and time again These guys not popping up in Omaha or Lincoln. So you've got to work out and you've got to cover all those other schools. The schools that aren't going to have a guy for every year, they won't have a guy every five years. But you've got to have that relationship and you've got to bring those coaches back during the summer and do your coaching clinics and you've got to be interested in their guys and you've got to be interested in helping them out, whether it means they're D1 or other. Um, So, yeah, Nebraska is showing the right type of attention to the area high schools for sure.
2: We're talking to Brian Munson with Huskeronline.com. I want to ask you about uh Jacob Hood, the Georgia Ooh. offensive tackle Let's transfer. Go. Uh talk about what he brings to the table. And also, is there a Georgia connection on the coaching staff that's helping us get these Georgia guys?
0: Yeah, there is. There's a there's a coaching connection and I'm, I I always re, I always forget. And I'm going to smack my desk right now. I always forget to go back and relook and see what that connection is, but there's a player, a former player of Matt Rule's that's on the Georgia staff. And I don't think it's like Georgia's coaching staff. I think it's like Georgia administrative or analyst or whatever. And um, that's that's certainly the connection that's there between Kirby Smart and Georgia and Nebraska right now. So that being said, there there is a connection there that's giving Nebraska kind of a heads up on some of these guys, but, but Jacob Hood, you know, is a... Look, this is a recovery spot for losing out on Walter Rouse. Mm-hmm. Is he Walter Rouse? No. Walter Rouse was a, a pretty, a pretty rare kind of find in the portal, and that's why you know you had so much competition. You know, he's up there with Cornelius and other top offensive tackles um you know and and you lose him via decommitment de- and uh that was a tough thing and a and a hard one to kind of circle back from but then you get a chance with hood and hood is massive like 68 360 mm. uh has been through a couple of surgeries and injuries if i if i remember correctly during his time in georgia maybe kind of getting back to full strength again and uh, should be able to to come in there and provide, I think, a a unique look. And I think that everybody needs to understand, too, when Nebraska's bringing in these portal transfer guys, they're coming from these successful programs like Georgia, um, you know, like Florida, places that are playing in the SEC, places that are playing in the ACC, the Pac-12, etc. That is just about as much about building your roster as it is about building the culture. And you've got to have those guys that are coming from successful places and put them into a room and teach the other players about how you prepare and how you go about doing your business day by day. And it's not just about in the fall and the, the weeks of practice, game week, and game preparation. It's about the times like right now, the winter conditioning. You know, how do you, how do you recover? How do you get treatment? How do you balance your work schedule? So, these are the things right here where I think the Nebraska players should be able to pick up just about as much from them uh, as they will this fall. Uh,
1: Brian, this is another one. I think it's interesting. I mean, you do such a great job uh, just being with these recruits and understanding and learning and the positions and everything, man. It's it's amazing. Uh, How much on the surface of this thing, when you look, you mentioned where they're coming from. Because I'm that guy. I think a lot of fans are like that. Do you get often maybe you're like you get a recruit and you're like ah we beat him out for so and so so and so school, but then you look at the poll yeah. transfers now it's like Georgia 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 Baylor Florida Florida and then you get uh, you know Bell uh, you get the thing that says well he didn't go to Alabama Ole Miss Georgia Kentucky no he came to Nebraska there there's yeah. some optics that can be lived out right there right
0: there is um obviously i think bell <clears throat> bell's a rare find and i think bell has got one of the, it's got a little bit of a unique situation it's going to be I, I look there's 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 a little bit of an academic thing hanging over his head but i i would i would say with pretty good confidence that nebraska wouldn't be wasting their time with a with a january 20th official visit to bring in a guy that, that wasn't going to get qualified mm-hmm. or that they didn't feel like that he could get qualified so I, I I would just kind of leave that there. But Bell is a he's not a burner. He's not an overly big guy. You know, he's like six foot tall. I mean, Jeremiah Charles, who's only played football for a single year, is taller and bigger than, than Bell is. But Bell is Bell is unique because of route running and just th- this understanding of the game. And he can make big plays happen. And he can be impactful from you know, playing quarterback to playing running back to playing wide receiver to, to being on return duty. So he's a very Jaden Doss-like kind of guy in the class. He's just, he is so savvy and has such a great IQ when it comes around to the game that if that's the kind of guy that you want to put out there, but he's he's not a 10-5 burner. And Nebraska's got five 10-5 burners coming in as part of the tr- the transfer group or part of the 2023 class. So it tells you a lot then about about Bell and what it is that he can do to kind of get thrown into that other group of, of players that are being added to the
1: roster. Yeah, it's definitely um, exciting at times for sure, man. I it's it's I just you look back and can you compare like what this staff has done to other staffs when they got here? Because I look back and I think you know, and it's real easy for Nebraska fans. I used to back. You are like, oh man, here we go again. Off season Kool Aid. It is flowing. It is happening. <laughs> Now you got Coach Rule, he's making his round, you know, is out he's on the bus with Will Compton doing that, which by the way, if you haven't heard that's really good. I got a chance and I caught the whole thing yesterday. Uh some mm-hmm. of the things he says. Like what I love about it is he he to me and maybe the whole staff, doesn't it feel like he's just a good closer?
0: I think he's incredibly polished. I think he's incredibly well spoken. And yeah, I caught the entire interview last night as I was doing Three and out. So three and out took me like four hours as I was typing it up because I was having to r- rewind. And you know what's really scary about the whole thing that about, like what I got out of three of uh, busting last night was was this. It's kind of scary how good Taylor Lewan is on that show. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that's a general studies guy that's still like all pro caliber offensive tackle, maybe on the backside of his career, but you know one of the top 100 players in the, in the league still when he's healthy. And, dang, he is good at that show. He is really, really, really good reading ads, the questions, the, the line of thought, just all of it. But I think, I think what Rule continues to do when it comes to his uh, public speaking and, and talking about the program and what he does, he's just real. I don't think that people feel like he's searching for an answer. Even like towards the end of the show when he had like sum up like the emoji game and stuff like that. That may be the only time during the show where he had to like search for an answer. Otherwise everything was so instinctual, top of off the top of his head. It just there's a there's a real genuine quality that you get when you watch a head coach like that. It can go into basically like this unprepared, you know, kind of could be any type of question, you know, off the top of their head, kind of thing that can happen, and they just come off so well. And 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 that's exactly what happened with rule. It's what's happened with rule every single time I've listened to him to him speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last night was, or the last night, or the the previous interview with Bustin with the Boys, I thought that was probably like the most relaxed, chill environment. I mean, if you don't get that from the, the swear words that the guys are dropping yeah. with the questions or whatever and the professionalism, of course, that they're getting back. But the realistic, you know, kind of transparent answers that Rule's given you, I just felt like I think Nebraska's really found a, a great guy that could be an unbelievable coach, you know, that we're just going to have to wait and see how all the rest of that stuff goes as far as the coaching concern. I I think he's... I think he's awesome, the way he talks about his family, the way he mm. talks about his values and everything like that. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's really a breath of fresh air.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, it's, he's so relatable to parents and kids at the same time. Because I loved when they were, I uh, think it was Compton was kind of tiptoeing around his Carolina days. And he goes, hey, Will, I was fired. Like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got fired. Yeah. It's like, okay, here we go. And they're yeah. like, well, yeah. that opens the door for questions.
0: Yeah, there was there was no doubt, and then and then how they kind of uh, uh, beat around the bush with uh, with prime and Colorado and the September ninth date next year, and and I don't want a camera following me around in the locker room, yep.
1: and <laughs> and then they also
0: there was some real well,
1: yeah yeah you're right that one, and then also um, again everybody should listen to it, and they they beat around the uh, Arizona product that's out there. There's a yeah. lot of talent in Arizona because obviously we know. They're alluding to Dylan Riola out there, and Coach Matt Rule can't say a word, but he just kept saying, yep, there's a lot of great talent, and we're going to find some really great talent out in Arizona.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that that was very uh, convenient when that was the first state he mentioned that they were going to recruit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and
2: and man. I just,
0: I felt, I felt like it was going to go there based on Will calling the shot on Twitter anyway, but... Really, really great interview, obviously, uh, for everybody out there that hasn't listened to it. Go listen to it. It's on YouTube or whatever. But, yeah, I, I think that Nebraska's got a great guy. I think he's surrounded himself. I, I love what he had to say about Garrett McGuire. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I think privately everybody's kind of likened him to Doogie Hauser or whatever <laughs> you want to say about it. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. If, if This guy recognizes talent. He's recognized Coach Robinson at, at Texas A and M. He's found other guys, you know, like Coach McGuire, that's now the head coach out there at Texas Tech. He is now taking a chance on on his on his son. He's taking a cha- chance on Bob Wagger. Um, I, I just yep. I, I I think that he's just got this North Star kind of eight ball thing when it comes to hey, verify my thoughts here that this is going to be a great guy to have around my program. And right. I just I, I feel like he's good
1: with that. That's awesome. Hey, good stuff, Brian. Man, hey, thanks for doing it on Wednesday with us, man. I appreciate it, man. Take care of yourself. Go check out Brian Muntz on Thanks, Brian. Be good, guys. We'll see you. See you, Brian. See you, Brian. Hey, we're out of here, by the way. Have a great uh, Wednesday. Will and I will be back tomorrow.